Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is Shannon Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. Welcome to Chain Attack. I'm your host, Trevor, and I cannot help but wonder how far War Machine Hordes will go into this bracket. Uh, I'm I'm Jay, and I think I'm too tired to have things like curiosity. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I'm Josh, and I uh, am making major sanity rolls knowing that the Cthulhu Mythos has gone as far as it has. (laughs) <laughs> it feels positively non-Euclidean at this point. I'm not surprised. I actually think there's quite a few fans of, of yeah. Those. Well, I guess this is a a good topic. Then, what is what is the uh, Sweet Sixteen looking like as far as what what are the most where are your biggest surprises currently? It sounds like War Machine might be one for Trevor. Uh, yeah, War Machine beats Spider-Man comics, and I, I shouldn't be surprised because you know a large portion of our listener base. Yeah, I mean that's our listeners, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was brought forward, and they're all War Machine and Hordes players, and so it doesn't necessarily surprise me. And it was kind of close, um, but I, I'm just wondering at what point does you know our fan base, who is mostly War Machine and Hordes players, um, vote against it? Or they've been they've been players in the past, not all of them. Um, yeah. Some of the some of the other ones that sort of surprised me, I guess. Um, let me. I'm sorry. I'm just looking through the list here. Really. I mean, my biggest surprise is the Cthulhu Mythos, the fact that it beat Dresden Files. But I think that probably shows how much Dresden Files is more niche than I realized. And what seed did we give Cthulhu Mythos? Um, um, let's see. I'll look here. Fifth. It's like, the fifth. Seed. Fifth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the one that surprised me the most was not that it won because I expected it to win. But how badly the Lord of the Rings movies beat down Batman. <laughs> like I expected that, I expected that one to be a little bit closer, but it was a, it was a pretty big landslide. Total blowout, huh? Delicious. How close was Star Trek and Firefly? Just out of the mildest form of curiosity. Not very close. Okay. Who won? Star, Star Trek. Trek. Which I'm pretty jazzed in the Sweet Sixteen to see Star Trek take on Pokemon. I mean. I feel like it might have a chance. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that in the end... I'm going to be sad. I'm going to be sad when the, when the pocket ma- monsters keep moving forward, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> so I will mention that we're recording this a little bit early before the actual voting is complete. Um, but it's like the last three matchups, which are Legend of Zelda versus The Matrix. Legend of Zelda has a pretty healthy lead, and I just don't see it reversing. Um, the same thing is happening with the other two, which is Sid Meier's Civilization versus Elder Scrolls. Um, Civilization is just kind of outpacing um, Elder Scrolls by quite a bit. And the same mm, thing is happening. That's my the, baby. With the Middle Earth books versus Watchmen. So I just sort of, for the uh, for this episode, just sort of called those. that They're, they're going to be that way. So so the, the Sweet 16, Star Wars, Cthulhu Mythos, X-Men. Uh, MCU, Warhammer 40K, Dune, Warcraft, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Magic the Gathering, Lord of the Rings, movies, uh, Star Trek, uh, Pokemon, War Machine and Hordes, Legend of Zelda, Sid Meier's Civilization, and the Middle Earth books. It's going to tear my heart out when I have to vote in the Sid Meier's Civilization versus Middle Earth books. Yeah. Um, there's the only one that, that I, I guess I'm surprised that it's still here is I is War Machine and Hordes a little bit, um, but when I think about it, I understand why. But I think in any other situation, if we were in a more general audience, the Spider-Man comics would have just because of market penetration. Yeah, right, right, right. Well, are we ready to to dive into story time? Yeah, or our, our first 
first matchup that we're going to discuss? I'm super ready. Okay, Trevor, what is what's, what's the first one we're going to talk about? Um, let's talk about Star Trek versus Pokemon first. <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> well, so what we talked about for this episode was we were going to discuss some memories that we have of those, um, and and maybe how they've helped us develop into the geeks that we are. Um, and I guess I'm going to start with Pokemon because I'm fairly certain you guys don't necessarily have the same level of interest Connection. that I have. Yeah. Right. But I, I will say that I, my understanding of Pokemon and my interest in it went considerably higher when Pokemon Go came out. So I, I did appreciate it, but it was already sort of a game genre that was in my wheelhouse you know the the RPG style thing, and I just I played other RPGs before and after it, and they were more interesting to me. Um, when Pokemon Go came out, it was sort of a different thing, and we as it became a family activity for us, we would go walking. Um, I would hand I have two phones, a work phone and, and a personal phone, and I would hand my work phone to my kids with a separate account that I made for the kids um, to just catch Pokemon. And I will say that. Um, I wish there were more geek-related things that encouraged geeks to get out and walk. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It was good for me. It was, and, um, I am looking forward to kind of the pandemic ending, ending and feeling more comfortable outside, I guess. Because um, we just stopped doing everything that wasn't inside our basement, which I guess is, goes along with the meme that, that Jay posted on Twitter. Um, <laughs> the get back to life is normal and the guy's just sitting in a corner is that the one yes yeah <laughs> in front of his computer screens mm-hmm. i mean too real me. right yeah it is my life but anyway i i have very fond memories of taking walks with my children um even though they whined about it pretty much the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> All even right. Well, Poke- I will give even even Pokemon Go. Uh, like I've played way too much Pokemon Go, and like the entire time it would have just been better to walk. But <laughs> <laughs> like Brian, Brian and I don't have an issue getting out walk. for walks. We right. we do at least one a day, right. and so it actually degraded the quality of our walks. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Well, so my Pokemon story is Pokemon stories are similar, but I will add one that's older than Pokemon Go. But we had the same experience, which is again, this should be a reason to vote against Pokemon Go if you believe in the J philosophy of life, because Josh enjoyed Pokemon Go because his children were involved, right? So <laughs> it's, it's clearly a dangerous property. Um, but like the funniest thing was like we were doing a walk uh, around a park where there were quite a few Pokemon uh, sites or whatever, you know. And this uh, this lady, who, this older lady who lived across the street from the park, man, she came out of her door and like chewed us out for being too close to the street. I I don't even remember. Like she was just like clearly in full get off my yard mode, uh, <laughs> and we still laugh about it. So I mean, clearly we are cruel and heartless people. But uh, man, that was a funny part of that was a funny part of of the Pokemon Go era for our for my little clan um but the other thing i do remember is like it, it again associated with my kids like it was one of those uh properties that my oldest you know she actually did kind of really enjoy it back in the um <clears throat> the game boy day era you know and at one point in time we we even bought the there was sort of like a minis game of pokemon that i have kind of fond memories of playing with her you know but it was yeah. It was kind of a flash in the pan. It wasn't like the card game or the video game. And I just have never engaged with those as much as uh, as I have with other properties and games and stuff. So it's not like I, I'm like actively against Pokemon, but I just, I'm like Trevor. Really, only Go is, is the only thing that I sort of have some fond memories of, right? Uh, I, I do have, I mean, my kids have um, enjoyed the TV shows and video games, and they really love for me it's just an opportunity to introduce them into rpgs at a much younger age Mm, sure yeah that makes sense so that's that's one of the greatest things that it's done for me 
Are we going to talk okay, about so Star is, Trek now? What is oh, so it's going up against Star Trek? Let's let's talk about Star Trek. Uh, I mean, gosh, I got to come up with a, a different story than the fact that I, you know, had a Riker Chris, cosplay. Chris is Riker, right? <laughs> but I mean, it was just like so formative for me. I mean, and it's funny too because like you talk to other geeks and like everybody has their Trek, right? Like you know, for me it was Next Generation, but I also enjoyed Voyager. Uh, as a young college guy, right? Uh, for some people, it's the original series. I don't know that we have listeners for whom that is true, but you know what I mean by that. Um, and it just, it just, it, to me, it just has had such appeal across so many generations. And there are, you know, I even like the one I've watched most recently is Enterprise, which I know that's one of uh, Trevor's favorites, you know. And there are just so many great um, episodes and, and, you know, thoughtful moments i mean it, it just it always has done so much of what i love about science fiction right is like tell tell great stories sometimes make you laugh a lot of times make you think right and uh yeah i just anyway so th- that's why i just could never see myself voting for pokemon versus star trek we're, I mean, we're we're the wrong generation for Pokemon, and I've said that before, but I'll say it again. We're just we're just a t- tad too old. It kind of missed us. Yeah, like we were in this weird gap between releases. No, we were pre-release. I mean, you know, I don't know when the first Pokemon game came out, but it came out on a, um, a Game Boy, and I never had a Game Boy. I was oh, I see. That, yeah. At that point, I was wanting to spend my money on a car. Not, mm. not, not a mobile gaming system. Sure, sure. Especially not one that died after, I mean, the original Game Boy, <laughs> its battery only lasted, I don't know, maybe an hour. And th- th- to me, that just seemed like a really dumb investment of my time when I could go buy a Sega Genesis game or buy gas for my car. <laughs> so I, I just, it was, it's like I said, we're just a little bit too old. It kind of missed us and it hit the generation mm-hmm. right, yeah, younger than us. Yeah. But, with Star Trek, I will say that the scene that probably broke me as a child and probably shaped much of my youth, <laughs> I don't remember how old I was, but I remember seeing uh, The Wrath of Khan on HBO Yes. at a babysitter's house when I was young. Um, I, I don't know how old I was, seven or eight um, at the time, and seeing the Seti eel uh, put in their helmets and it crawls over mm-hmm. their, their ears. I still hate all earwigs to this day because yeah, of that scene. Like it, it, it was one of those things where I watched it, I could not turn away, but I have never been more frightened as a seven-year-old in my entire life. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, okay. It's a good babysitter. <laughs> uh. I mean, isn't the movie PG? I mean, I, I'm sure they thought it was fine, but it definitely... Um, yeah. Left a scar. Yeah, left a scar. A mental <laughs> scar to, to this day. Amazing. Oh, I bet you I was younger than that. It came out in 1982, so I was five. Um, and I'm sure it was on HBO a year or two later, so I was probably only six, maybe seven, like, probably six. So it it definitely like it has lasting consequences. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Well said. <laughs> um. So I am... That did raise a question I was going to ask before Trevor mentioned Wrath of Khan, but if you were to pick like a single movie or, I mean, I guess series or maybe episode in a series that, or story arc in a series, like maybe Borg with John Luke Picard or whatever, um, is, um, what, what would you say is your favorite, you know, story from, from Star Trek? So I, I know what mine is, so I'll go just go first. Um, I watched The Next Generation. It was it was mostly my series, although I will say that I I really enjoyed the Star Trek cartoon. I don't recommend it to anybody else, but I watched a lot of it as a kid. That is so funny. Okay. Yeah, it's it's horrible, but I I actually did enjoy it quite a bit. Um, but I I watched some of The Next Generation when it came out, but it was one of those things where they they always ran a lot of um, reruns, etc. And so, and I didn't watch it at the time that they were released. I think they released on like a Friday night or something, if I remember right. But I, I usually ended up watching the reruns that played kind of after school. And so I didn't necessarily see them in order. And I definitely did not see all the episodes when they first released. Uh, a few years ago, I decided to go back and rewatch 
the entire series from start to finish. And I was surprised at how many I'd never seen. But there is one storyline that that involves Picard where they meet an entity in space that stuns him and puts him into the life of one of their citizens. And he spends an entire lifetime over the course of like, I mean, literally 20, 30 minutes to the, the ship's crew. Um, he spends an entire lifetime inside the entity learning about their culture. And that's where he learns to play the flute thingy he plays. Um, and then you see that reference throughout the remainder of the series. But that one episode made me understand more about Picard than any other episode. Knowing that he had lived an entire lifetime in another family, married to another woman, having grandkids and kids, and having this whole life that was somewhat outside what he would normally do, um, having that and then coming back in, it made me just understand him much more as a character. And that, to this day... I'd never, I didn't see that episode when it originally aired. I saw that just a few years ago, and but it's had a very big impact on me. That's my favorite Star Trek episode by a significant. That's cool. Uh, well, so I'll say my favorite episode. I mean, I my my favorite movie probably still is Wrath of Khan. Although, um, oh geez, I just forgot the one where Picard and Kirk are together. That 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 movie is also quite a lot of fun. But the episode I love the most is, um, and it's a close second to the Borg um, series or. or um, arc i mean you know that like jay was referencing but um the episode's called chain of commands and it chain of command and it's one where picard is uh captured and tortured by uh cardassians and the the famous line in it is there are four lights right. uh, you know and i just like i mean frankly i I'm just crush on patrick stewart for a minute like what an incredible actor right and like he he carried so much of that for me of next generation. I mean, a lot of the other crew is amazing too. And it's hard not to love, you know, a ton about that series, but that, that was one of, that was one of the episodes that really stood out to me. It was just one that I just adore. So it's interesting that you mentioned generations. Cause I think most critics hated it, but it's the, it is the Star Trek movie. I think I've seen the most. That's funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just go with the boring answer. And my favorite is probably Rathacon. So, uh, I mean, it's not boring if it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that um, I guess my last thought on Star Trek is that I do enjoy the reboots more than it seems like a lot of people did. There's a lot of people who, like on the first one, they were all, it seemed like people just like got super up at arms over lens flares or whatever. And You're talking about the reboot movies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, sure. And and I I enjoyed it. Um the second one, it seems like a lot of people dislike it as well, but I I thought it was kind of clever in how they uh um had it mirror somewhat the the other movies, so I don't know. I, I like it. I will ad- <laughs> I, I will admit that it doesn't I would have rather seen them take on a different time period and different characters yeah i don't necessarily care for rehashing the same characters with different actors Um, that's my only issue with i do like all of the actors and i like their performances but it's hard for me to separate that from the character that they're portraying who was played by somebody else earlier it just that's the part i guess that doesn't jive as well for me so i would have rather seen those exact same uh people as, as an ensemble cast right. in a in a different time, time period, period or, or setting, whatever different yeah. different different crew you know i yeah. think that that would have been easier for me to swap trevor would have liked it if they had just done that whole that whole crew that whole ensemble uh, in the mirror universe like a whole uh movie run that was just mirror universe <laughs> <laughs> isn't that what it is uh, I don't think it's like the mirror. I'm thinking of the mirror universe that you end up visiting in. Um, well, especially in Discovery in that series. Oh, but, I've never seen. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, where the humans are super evil and it's freaking hilarious every time. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> next matchup: um, Warhammer 40k versus Dune. So I I'll go first with Dune. Uh, I never read the book until much later in life um i did see the tv movie or the not tv 
the original movie, 1985. I saw it when I was young, and I didn't get it at all. It, I mean, the movie sort of fails to explain a lot of things that I yes. think sort of <laughs> <makes sense. laughs> that, that you have read the book previously, and it just sort of skips over some of the important stuff um, and does not provide it for you. Uh, so I was really quite lost and didn't really understand the love of Dune. Um, after that, I saw the sci-fi series, which does a much better job. Um, and that yeah. was many years later, many years later. And yeah. then I read the, um, my daughter has read the book now and she, it's, she really enjoyed Dune probably more than, I. but I will say that there are things about universe that have just kind of worked their way throughout the geek zeitgeist. And that's some of the stuff that I find. Um, anyway, I think I probably enjoyed the Dune, the original Dune than the average person just because I was, just because it was still sci-fi. Yeah. And back back then, anything sci-fi was worth giving it a chance. <laughs> it's also like say what you will about the movie, but there were, um, oh, it it was visually uh, a very of interesting. Brilliance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, David Lynch is a pretty good <laughs> uh, film creator. So. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna say. I I just. I'm not gonna say the movie. Uh, my only complaint about the movie is the points at which it leaves out information. Like it feels yeah. like it would yeah. have been, it would have been fantastic if it just spent a little bit of time. I, I feel like maybe it was the script, not probably yeah. or whatever, but that would have made a huge difference. Josh. Well, so uh, as far as my stories about it, like it's funny the order that you that you experienced it in. The order that I really experienced doing in is I was like. My dad, who must, who like me, must be a geek who like sometimes makes questionable judgments about what he's listening to or reading in front of his children. He must have been watching the 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 David Lynch movie because I remember seeing it as whatever I would have been five or six years old or something, and like I have scenes of it stuck in my head. But I've literally never rewatched it as an adult. I totally should because I have the scene of like you know dueling with the 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 robot and the slow shield thing going on. And I have a memory of the remember the tooth scene, right? Because anything with Baron Harkonnen is inherently scarring for a small human, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then I, um, then I did read the book, you know? And so maybe the movie had sort of primed my mind to just fully embrace the book. Right. But like, the book is a hundred percent where my affection for the world and the story came from. You know, that's where I obsessed about, you know, still suits and wanting to wear something and be able to walk out in the desert. You know, I mean, I, I live in a desert, you know, and, and drink my own recycled urine, you know, that fascination all came from reading the book for me <laughs> to the point that I was in a, I was in a school I'm not program. Sure you should admit that. <laughs> Look, every fan of Dune feels that. Go ahead. I, you can fully yeah. act. The, the, you know what I mean. Those who know, know. Okay, that's that's all. <laughs> if you know, you know. Um, but the thing is, like, I was so fascinated with that aspect of, you know, how the Fremen lived and, and Arrakis and the whole nine yards that uh, I was in a, like a, uh, what would you call it? I guess they called it a gifted kids program at the time, right? Which, you know, I'm questioning their judgment for that terminology. <laughs> but, um, I, uh, the project that I did, this would have been in, I was a sixth grader was like, I was trying to develop a suit and it wasn't a still suit, but it was inspired by a still suit, but I was trying to develop a scuba suit that would recycle air, right? That like the, the tank was like the whole idea was that it was filled with algae and you know, the algae would, would, uh, basically eat up your carbon dioxide fast enough to refeed you oxygen so that you could dive longer kind of thing. And that was a hundred percent inspired by by Frank Herbert and the Fremen and that on all that, you know, anyway, that was my last kind of great hurrah as a scientist really. And it was, formed. <laughs> it was formed by Dune. I'm just telling you that right now. It, I am kind of curious why I, I, I'm not, I don't know how young I was when I read Dune. I would guess probably, I would guess probably 10 or 11, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm not sure why I, uh, why I picked it up when I did. Maybe it was just me being drawn to the classics or something. I mean, I, I did read the, the Lord of the Rings at like 
nine or ten. So I don't know. Right. But yeah, it it is. I I remember loving the book when I read it the first time. Um, but I'm curious. Like, there's 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 so so many things. Like when you read something when you're a kid that young, especially on something like Dune, and when you're like this, you know, sheltered Mormon kid. That I'm sure there's tons of the book that just like flew completely over my head, and I had no idea what. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Was going on, et cetera. Right. But having reread it as an adult, I fully recognize that. <laughs> I'm like, I had no idea that Paul treated, treated Ireland this way. Like, why is he such a dick? <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah. It's, it's funny to, uh, yeah, to read like more of the, the books, et cetera, in it and, and come to the realization that like, Paul is much more of a cautionary tale. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. You're the, the hero you worshipped as a child. Be careful when you re-examine him as an adult. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Warhammer 40k. Um, I will say that... Uh, I, I'm sorry, Josh. The, the Warhammer 40k is getting my vote. Wow! It took a dark turn. There's, <laughs> there's so much about 40k that's really pretty cool. Um, and it, it got me into miniatures. Uh, I've enjoyed role-playing in the universe. I've enjoyed playing the miniatures games, although I later look back upon it and I realize how crappy those experiences were. Um, but it was, I mean, it really formed much of who I am as a geek. I, I remember I would have been, I want to say 15, when I first saw Warhammer 40k models. Um, walked into a store here in Idaho Falls, and uh, one of the store owners was a 40k playhead. Painted all the miniatures, and he had uh, painted buildings and, and done dioramas, basically, that he'd set in his windows. So when you walked up to the store and saw these dioramas, uh, you got to see sort of into the game of 40k before knowing anything about it. And that like that was all it took. I walked up to the door, saw skulls and, and blaster guns and guys in power armor and i'm like what is that and how do i play how do i sign up yeah now i will say that today i have almost no involvement um the last time i had anything i did i don't know watching there was a fan-made film that i watched a A star tease that was freaking amazing yeah there's there's some stuff like that and i do enjoy um that stuff but i just not really involved in it at this point but it's still there's some really cool lore, some really cool art, some really cool setting stuff. Um, although at some point it becomes a little much for me, I lose track of it. But it's just it's for much more of my geekdom than Dune ever did. I'm assuming I'm that's of... not the same for you. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, here are my 40k stories. Like the most 40k that I have played is, um, and maybe I I will be considered a blasphemer for even saying this but it's it's space hulk right like that's that's the most that i've played uh like a 40k related game because i i i don't know that i've ever actually played the actual minis game that i can think of i'm really i gotta think hard about that uh yeah i just don't think i have I you would remember it I I would think yeah but what I do so, there's so much money and time involved in just putting right right yeah I mean that's the thing there's such a barrier to entry for it right but but I do remember um, a um, a friend in high school who was into uh, epic right and I yeah. remember going to his house one time and like all I really remember is that we I I watched part of um oh crud what's that movie Army of the Dead <laughs> at his house. Is that the one that this is my boomstick and no, army of darkness, army of darkness. Thank you. Uh, anyway. And, and that he didn't like loaned me his codexes. And I remember reading several of the codexes for 40 K and being like, this is so cool. You know, like I did find the lore to be fascinating and I really enjoyed space Hulk as a game. I, I still, I still have a copy, you know, and it sits on my shelf in a place of, I, I would call it honor, but you know, a, a place of sadness really, because I just never pull it out because it's a two player experience, you know? Yeah. So, but, but yeah, I mean, in, in that way, it, it has been less formative to me as a, as a geek than, than Dune was. That is true. Um, 
I mean, 40K has a, a special place in my heart because it uh, puts food on my table. <laughs> <laughs> the most honest story told in today's episode. <laughs> I am kind of curious, like, you know, I was a teenager. I, I bought some some Eldar and I, I got stuff like assembled and like played a game or two and then a new edition came out and like half my stuff wasn't playable as I remember yeah, as my memory of the events is. Yeah. Sure and I was just like, oh well this game's dumb <laughs> and walked away. I mean I stayed it with with it for a couple of editions, but I basically had the same I bought I don't remember which which edition it was. Probably third. Um, there was uh, this. You could build a chaos retinue that went around your chaos lord, and you could put them all on juggernauts, um, which are these demon dogs things. They're demon horses. You could put chaos champions on juggernauts, um, and you could have four of them, and they could each have all this war gear. And it was it was honestly it was really stupid and broken. But I ended up buying all four of these juggernauts. Um, because it was so OP, and then basically they re- redid the additions, and you couldn't you couldn't take them in that configuration anymore. And there were several other things that happened. And you know, I guess you know I can see uh, that's eventually what broke my <laughs> camel's back as well is is that sort of stuff. But I still you know to this day, if they were to put out a good Dawn of War four, I would pick it up, play it. I still keep my eye. You know, out of the corner of my eye, I still watch the video game sphere and potential movie sphere where I'm a 40k because it's it's interesting to me. So, but yeah, you know, I I definitely understand the codex creep uh, fatigue frustration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, let's go to the next one. Uh, Sid Meier's Civilization Middle Earth. Have I told the story of how many times I read The Lord of the Rings from fifth grade to seventh grade? I don't think so. Would you like to hazard a number? I'm going to guess... Well, so if if you hadn't brought this up, I would have said one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's my habit, right? Yes, but because uh, anytime you observe data, data changes. Um, <laughs> I'm going to guess five. We're learning so much science here today. I love it. Uh, Trevor, do you want to guess a number? Uh... I mean, knowing you, too? <laughs> well, strangely enough, Jay is correct. Yes. I, I read this series five times. Jeez. Um, in that, like, late elementary, early middle school. I just, like, I cycled through them. It was the weirdest thing. And I've never done it again with another series. Um, the, yeah, there was just something that caught with me in Tolkien's work. And, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of our listeners can relate to that. Just not Trevor, and you know that's fine. I whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> I, I, while I have never read through the Lord of the Rings trilogy, never probably will, um, because I've tried it multiple times, and every time I'm just like, "This is awful. Why am I doing this?" <laughs> I have read The Hobbit three times. Mm, yeah, yeah. And, no, and, it is a slightly different animal, so that's understandable. And uh, I mean, I I love The Hobbit. If he had written in the same fashion. For the rest of the things, there's there's no reason why I wouldn't have read those a dozen times. Um, it just feels like it's you know he wrote for a different audience, and maybe I'm too juvenile to appreciate the other books. But I I did enjoy The Hobbit, and I was read The Hobbit um, by a teacher when I was I want to say third or fourth grade. It might have been fifth. I don't know, but we were you know you get to that age group where the teacher is reading you a story in class. Yeah, right. Um, and I we the teacher read us The Hobbit, and I was fascinated. <laughs> yeah, I, you know I didn't know such a thing even existed until then, and I had so I think I saw the um, '70s cartoon after that. I think she even showed it in class, mm-hmm. and that cartoon I've seen dozens of times that dozens. cartoon is rad beyond belief seriously it's and it's it such has, a product of its time too right but yeah like, it is but it has great art it has great um sound like the, the songs are fantastic it is really pretty good um i i really enjoyed it anyway the middle earth books the hobbit specifically i've read a bunch of times and I, it was one of the first books when my daughter started really 
getting interested in reading and it was clear that her proclivity in reading was fantasy based it was the first book i reached for i'm like here read this yeah um i guess one of the stories i can give about <laughs> uh the lord of the rings is that in the in the 10th grade in idaho your english classes at least i i i, I think that the the states tends to have like kind of the same curriculum in various grades maybe that was just something my school district did i don't know um but like 10th grade in english you know i was like the overachiever that was you know trying to take honors classes stuff like that <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and so 10th grade that was supposed to be like kind of mostly like american classics um books i believe so um you know catcher in the rye i think or or stuff like that and Mockingbird. yeah and so the the first um i took my first trimester or semester i think it was trimester of english and i just absolutely hated my english teacher and thought that she was completely useless and so i i like rebelled and didn't take the second um semester or trimester of it because i just thought that she was such an awful teacher to be and fair so, she probably was <laughs> yeah she I, I i think she was um but like so i've there's there's some like key books that i've i've missed in life because i i missed that so like i've, I've never read to kill a mockingbird <laughs> which i should probably rectify but um it's it's not something that generally pops up and you're like, oh, I should read To Kill the Mockingbird today. Yeah, so, right. Um, so instead, there was a a fantasy uh, literature, I guess, or English class. And literally, the only thing the class was, was you were expected to read the three Lord of the Ring books in that trimester, and you would have a test on them. And, and that was the class. <laughs> Man, that is like living a fantasy life right there. I would have failed that class. <laughs> oh, because of the trilogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's <laughs> it's kind of funny that, like, the reason why I, I, I left the other class was because, you know, the teacher was bad. But the class that I went into, it's not like she was a good teacher. I mean, I obviously, I, I love the subject matter more. But she was a teacher that would, like, flirt with all of the... <laughs> students what <laughs> and with like the that football, took a dark turn the football player she would be like you know walking through class and she'd put her her hand on like the football player's shoulders or <laughs> listen folks like, it was the 90s it was a different time it, it, uh, i guess i mean she was probably in her 50s oh jeez, uh, that's so. way different than, than my my english teacher at the same time period was a girl straight out of college she was only a few years older than us, and there was—I don't want to say that sort of thing happened, but there was definitely some uh, some kids in class who were quote hot for teacher. Oh, I'm mm. sure. Yeah. Anyways, that's kind of uh, um, it's kind of funny to look back on now. <laughs> I, I have a bad English teacher anecdote to say in one of our pre-rambles, so remind me at some point. <laughs> I, it's not appropriate here, but. My my worst English teacher was in college in English one, which I promptly dropped. <laughs> I'll explain in the pre-ramp. <laughs> okay. Um. What was the, what was the other property? Sid Sid oh. Meyer Civilization. Sid Sid. Okay. Uh, I so Trevor's obviously going to be voting Poo -poo for, for Siv over Lord of the Rings. Of course I am, along with everybody else out there. I'm, I'm, I'm literally. I literally cannot say yet how I'm gonna vote. I, like I said, this I'm, matchup kills me. What's your What's your guess on on my vote, Josh? Um, well, I would actually guess the books for you, even though I know you've played and enjoyed a lot of Civ. Like, yeah, I, I, I feel the books. Yeah, I think it probably will be. Uh, my, uh, my one Sid Meier Civilization story that I'm going to tell is I literally one more turned until the sun came up i i was in my very first home that i bought as an adult i was playing civ 3 and the front window faced the east 
and uh, my computer was on the opposite wall from the front window. And I remember playing all night long, just one more turn, and then seeing the sun peek through the window and hit the, the wall above my head and realizing that I had been up all night. You fool. <laughs> I'm in trouble. Yes, I have made a mistaken judgment. See, for me, the one more turning, it always happens like it's at 3 a.m. I look at the clock and I'm like, well, you've done it now. No reason to go to bed at this point. (laughs) There's that justification always happens like right around that time. And I'm just like, go all in full cyborg mode at this point. (laughs) I'm curious, do either of you have a a country or or leader that you attended to have as a favorite? Oh, that's a that's actually a really good question. Honestly, I can't think of one because I I always like to play random, and so I I tried to kind of uh, I, I mean I ended up unintentionally kind of experiencing lots of different leaders. I know it's shocking to hear that I would do something random. Um, I would say I don't necessarily lean towards any particular one, although I do end up playing. I'm sure this is a shocker to you guys. I, I do end up playing a lot of Rome. Um, okay. Oh, I could totally see that. Yeah. Um, but but the game, the, the Civ game that I played the most of was Civ Three, and the faction that I played the most of was the Japanese. And I remember just building immense amounts of roads everywhere. I mean, building roads basically to my opponent's doorsteps, and then delivering samurai in large mm-hmm. stacks. <laughs> Um, so there was nothing quite as satisfying as delivering like a stack of five samurai to an opponent's doorstep at the same time. Just anyway, I, I, that was, I did a lot of that. You're a simple man, really. Just like all of us, Trevor, it's the simple pleasures in life, right? Right. I mean, I knew that if I upgraded and made them tanks, they would get destroyed, but the samurai would absolutely not fight every time. (laughs) Amazing. What about you, Jay? Um, I would say uh, India is the Gandhi. Country. Yeah, I mean the super workers uh, call to me. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is it is kind of funny. Like I I tend to like I don't think that the combat system in Civ is particularly very good. strong. Right. Yeah, I think it's one of the weakest parts of the game. Um. And so I generally tried to play the game without very much conflict. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I generally did, too. Really, the only time that I remember um, winning with a military victory was with Samurai. I, I, but, yeah, I agree. It is not it is not a great military simulator. Way, shape, or way. Yeah. <sighs> but is there is there a military simulator that does as good a job of taking me along a tech tree that I salivate over every time I open that screen. Um, Hearts of Iron, maybe. Par- Paradox. Same guys who do Stellaris. They have a World War II. I, I still don't think it would be your jam. But... Yeah, right. Trevor knows me, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, do we have any other thoughts on any of the topics we've, we've covered today? Uh, we should do a real quick number four matchup because that'll give us half of these the Sweet 16. Okay. Oh, almost like we planned it mathematically. Genius. Yes. Uh, the last one I want to do is Star Wars and Cthulhu Mythos. Um, I don't see any situation where Cthulhu Mythos actually wins this one. I think it, I, there's a wrong? chance it's going to be closer than you expected. It will be, I think it will be close. I actually think it will be more like 55, 45, or 64. Um, I just don't see any way that it beats out Star Wars. But I, I could be wrong. I would be pleasantly surprised. I love Star Wars. It's made a big impact on my life, but I hate how much it's dominated geek culture for so long. <laughs> I'm going to tell a brief Star Wars story that's that's current right now. Like I feel like I feel guilty as a as a geek father. Um, I, I think listeners know like our family made a rule years ago that we wouldn't have the kids watch PG-13 movies until they were 13, right? So that means my eight year old right now has not seen the Star Wars movies, right? But he and I are like into season three now, I think, of the Clone Wars cartoon. Mm-hmm. And I can tell like he likes Anakin. 
like he has a lot of <laughs> admiration for Anakin. Like, <laughs> he asked me questions sometimes. Like he asked me a question the other day that was like, "Who do you think is the hardest person to kill in Star Wars?" You know, because he's thinking Anakin. You know, because he think he he clearly thinks Anakin is a total bad A. Because he kind of is in the cartoons, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm like, oh, buddy. And I'm like, I'm like, well, I think it's a villain that you haven't met yet, honestly. And I said Palpatine, right, for obvious reasons. But I'm like, I'm like, I'm such a bad dad. I'm just. So... <laughs> it's the best. I I think my only issue, I guess, with Star Wars is that it feels like you could take a crap in a box, take a stamp, put Star Wars on the outside, and somebody would buy it. And that's my only issue is like sometimes we give it too much slack. Um, but I do love Star Wars. I love it a lot. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, I had thought so. I guess this is a little bit unrelated, or it's somewhat related. Um, so Josh, you had said that you love the Study in Emerald board game. Is that right? Yes. Uh huh. Yeah, Martin. Wallace. And I thought I thought that you had said that it was uh based on a story written by Lovecraft. I don't think it's I don't think Lovecraft wrote the story, but it's a, there's a Lovecraftian short story. Yes. Yeah, I I I recently learned it was actually Neil Gaiman who wrote that. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I'm glad you reminded me of that. Yeah. Anyways, it's, that was it's really something well. I Have you read yesterday. it? Did uh-uh. you read it yet? Okay, I well. ought to because I would probably I didn't enjoy I, it with my kids, so you will probably like it. Well, and it's it wasn't actually written by Lovecraft, so I'll probably like it as well. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, because Gaiman's fantastic. I've actually heard um, similar sentiment amongst other geeks in that some of the what they consider some of the best books written in the Cthulhu Mythos were not written by Lovecraft. Um, my only exposure to the Cthulhu Mythos is through Lovecraft stories and based games. Um, so I, I don't I don't have as much love, and part of the problem that I have is that I'm not a fan of horror to begin with. So yeah, yeah. it's just not my jam. But of the things that I've read in the horror genre, I have enjoyed Lovecraft more than any of the others. But well, it's just that, that that's Lovecraft not just, that, and horror always ends up being a different flavor of horror than a lot of others, though. I mean, that's yeah. why I think. Yeah, it's it's a little more cerebral. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I love it for that, I guess. But at the end of the day, it's still in a genre that I don't care for. So that's why it's never been a big deal because I just don't. It just doesn't matter the funny thing is, is that some of the best campaigns i've ever ran as a uh a, a dm master, mm-hmm. yeah is in is in the cthulhu universe mm. um same probably same reason i i enjoyed that that cerebral element of horror better than anything else and that works better at the rpg tabletop than the other types of horror I mean, you can't really jump scare somebody yeah in a, slasher in horror well i mean a party of murder hobos is basically slasher horror from, from <laughs> right. the villain's point of right, view. Right, but it's the other way around. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I am kind of curious. Um, I would like to... Uh, um, one of the games I would say is like pretty high on my post-pandemic, this would be neat to, to get this played, is the newest edition of, of Arkham Horror. I, I just... Do you? Yeah, it feels like I've, I've a major oversight that it's been out this long on some I mean, yeah. you won't have to twist my arm very hard. <laughs> have you played it? No, but like oh, part of why I had played ouch. it is like I committed like super hardcore to second edition. I mean, what's the edition we played the most? Second, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like to the point that my wife even made for me, like had a woodworker make a custom like. Um, basically briefcase that's like a carrying case for all of it and i feel guilty like moving on from it but mm. i wouldn't move on from the box i just put third edition in no that's probably what i should do you're right i mean um, well, it's I not like the box would, has been open for years so i i would i would hold on until you play third edition to see if it's better i mean sometimes i love fantasy flight but sometimes when they change editions they make some strange design Decision. choices yeah, uh, Runebound Third Edition is a great example. <laughs> I mean, I'm flipping pogs in the air and wondering why. Right? Am I the only one that's played Runebound Third Edition? I think here? so. Yeah. 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 Um, you guys should just forget that it exists, and that goes to the audience as well. Really if you have nice. an opportunity, play Runebound Second Edition. Uh, don't play Third. I, I, 
it's got some really interesting and good things about it. But like combat is literally you take these pogs and you toss them up in the air and then see where they land. And then the powers you have allow you to like reflip pogs or flip them to the other side. Anyway, it's just the weirdest, strangest combat system I've ever played in any board game ever. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> All right, well, um, I guess Thus that's our story time part one. Our four matchups, yeah. Yeah, these are, I mean, it feels like some of the other matchups we've had up to in round one and two didn't really make geeks think. I mean, in general, I think they looked at them and they're just like, yeah, I, I enjoy that one. You know, these ones, I think there's going to be a lot of people going to be super torn. It'll be interesting to see which direction they go. Yeah. 